Is that coffee? What is that? Wine? I have coffee and wine here. Ooh, mix them together. Two great <laughs> tastes that taste great together. <laughs> Two things that taste yeah. good taste good together. Always. Exactly. It's just more good. If one thing, yeah. <laughs> if one thing tastes good and another thing tastes good, mash them together, you dingus. Yeah, Nothing could possibly all, go wrong. It all ends up in the same place anyway, right? <laughs> Hell, yeah. <laughs> It's Britney, bitch. Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set, the internet's only hot take outrage machine. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And Nathan, you you have to put that, uh, you have to put that comma in there. Uh, it's I, Britney, uh, bitch. Uh, you have to say it like that. You, you keep saying it's Britney, bitch. And <laughs> so it's not hyphenated? It's a real thin line between it being very offensive and problematic <laughs> and being empowering I and see. sexy. And it's definitely an okay word for me to, to use, uh, especially referring to a woman, a woman, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a great start to this episode. Um, I'm glad that I started it that way. Uh, this is about Britney's 2007 album blackout. The episode five and in, in this, the 17th season of think outside the box set where we Listen to all of Britney Spears' albums in order. It's kind of the Empire Strikes Back of this season, I'd say. Why, why would you say that, Nathan? Because it's episode five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, it's, it is a dark time for the rebellion. <laughs> that, too. Uh, or a no dark time for Britney. <laughs> this, um, is, um, this is uh, when the Troubles are happening for Britney or at least the, yeah. the public manifestations of what has probably been a, a pretty troubling life. Yeah. And like the rest of her, you know, like the rest of her career uh, and her discography so far, basically like there's always a few songs that are like strategic PR moves mm-hmm. that are just ab- about her, her public image. Um, and trying to spin it all as something that they have control over <laughs> and that is empowering and, and good. And yeah. That, that although, Britney is at the helm of. Although I, I would, I would say that this album features a lot more songs that are like kind of a bleak reflection of her image and her publicity and celebrity. Um, and I think part of that is that Britney is not writing a lot of these songs. Yep. She wrote a ton or at least had a writing credit on a ton of the songs from the last album, but uh she's not in the writing credits for this album at all. If if she is, it's not very much. Yeah, I didn't see any. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any at all. So, uh or there, there's one, Freak Show. She's the first and Ooh, Ooh Baby. She is the first uh uh credited okay. writer for both those songs. Yeah. Um yeah, both songs which are thematically songs whose themes are explored more in depth in other parts of the album. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think this is kind of an incredible album. Um, kind of incredible says Nathan. Hunt. Oh, do you disagree? Did you hate it? I don't know if I would say it's incredible. Um, I kind of, I musically am, am more into it. Uh huh. Like, I think it's a lot catchier than a lot of the previous stuff. And it, it feels like it's, 
it doesn't feel as dated. Right. I, I yeah. guess the reason I say it's kind of an incredible album is, is a couple of reasons. It, 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 it feels pretty groundbreaking musically the way it kind of like mixes and shifts between uh dubstep and like EDM and yeah. pop and R and B. And uh, it, it feels like this is kind of the template that a lot of pop music follows for like the next five or 10 years after sure. this. Um, and it is, it's, it's uh, like a pretty, seems like a pretty conscious um, sort of like art artsy. If you can, if that, if I can reuse that word in it at all, a serious sense approach to pop music. Like, I feel like this album is what really paves the way for Lady Gaga um, mm. and there are songs on here that sound a lot like what Lady Gaga ends up producing. Um, it also seems like there's more women in this album involved in the, in the writing. Yes. That's a good point too. Um, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel as um, kind of, I don't know, problematic as some of the previous albums have mm-hmm. uh, the, the, some of the songs in the previous albums. Yeah feels like more more of a genuine feminine perspective as opposed to um problematic male spin spins of like feminine stories that occasionally get it right yeah i i think i think one of the things i really like about this album is it feels like she is trying to make art in an area of commerce in the same way that someone like lady gaga does um like Mm some of her previous material like seems fairly cynical let's say uh just like a product that is being made sure um and it seems like she actually has artist that she has artistic ambitions on this album um in a way that i really enjoy there's there's this really cool um retrospective review on dazed i don't know if i'd heard of that website by alim karaj uh who said that um he said the album was the quote result of a hazardous moment in pop culture history that saw a serendipitous and symbolic relationship between an artist eroding her past and producers forging their future that paid off. Hmm. Um, and he, he points out that Britney took on the role of executive producer for the record, um, for the first and only time in her career. Um, yeah, and <laughs> I love this quote from this review. I, I'll, I'll send you the link so you can put it in the show notes. Uh, this okay. is one more quote from the review. Britney Spears once lamented that she wasn't a girl, but not yet a woman. Blackout was the signal that this transition had reached its climax. Yet rather than emerging as a Stepford pop princess, the Britney that appeared was disruptive and peddling demented pop music. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, um so I I guess she didn't do a lot of uh a lot of actual promotion for this album. Yeah. Like I think it kind of fell under the radar. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting cuz it's so much m- more of an idea than her past than a lot of her past albums. Right. And feels yeah, more interesting. Um I I think a large part of that has to do with um her personal life. Um, and I looked up some of this to prepare. Um, I'm going to do a little bit more of a deep dive later on, I think, but just to like sum up in 2003 or 2004, thereabouts, she had like a 55 hour marriage to one of her childhood friends that was annulled. I remember that for like reasons of her being not, you know, under the influence of some substance or something. 
So that marriage got annulled. And then not long after she marries Kevin Federline um, and they have a baby and she takes some time off. She, uh, what's his, what's his deal again? He is. Like, why does he have a name by himself? Uh, mostly cause of Brittany. Like he, he kind of like, okay. Uh, catapulted himself to much greater fame because he married Brittany essentially. Um, he's, he's a rapper. Yeah, I mean, ostensibly he's, I think mostly well known and widest, uh, uh, widest used as a backup dancer. He apparently did some like huh. backup dancing for Michael Jackson and a bunch of other people. Um, anyway, so they get married. They have a child. Brittany uh, takes some time off. She takes a hiatus um, for a couple years. Uh, she ends up having another child. And then I think it's, it's around like 2006, 2007. Uh, Brittany's aunt dies. Um, she divorces Kevin Federline. She is locked in a custody battle. I think she eventually ends up losing custody of her kids also. Yes. And it's, it's not, it's not like explicitly mentioned in Wikipedia or anything. I think she's probably dealing with like substance usage issues probably also at this time. There's a point where she ends up in rehab briefly. Um, and this is like when she does that famous thing where she buzzes her hair off. And yeah. that was like a huge deal for people for some reason. The last straw. <laughs> Everyone cared about that <laughs> for some reason. Um, yeah, and so that's... Was this, was this post Natalie Portman doing that in um, V for Vendetta? Uh, I think so. I think that was 2005. Uh, speaking of the Wachowski sisters, uh, which we were just talking about um, in our... Wait, that's them? Yeah, isn't it? I don't think it is. Come on. Not, to, I, not to ruin your segue. <laughs> it's written by the Wachowski sisters. Oh, really? Yes. No not idea. directed by them. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's 2005. This, this is, so Brittany shaving her head is post Natalie Sportsman uh, shaving her head for the movie or getting it shaved in the movie. Um, and, oh yeah, we were just talking about uh, the Wachowskis in our uh, weekly little mini show called What's in the Box Weekly, which is for supporters, and you can get to access to it by going to support.boxit.website. Um, just a little plug there. Over a hundred episodes. Yeah. Go binge. Yeah. And some of them have shown up in the main feed, so we've whetted your appetite, whetted your whistle. Oh yeah, like a couple Give Gave you a little taste. Ago. Yeah. We did one. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So that's the background. Uh through which this album is released. Um, she records a bunch of it while she's pregnant, apparently. And then all the producers are like talking about how she's like the hardest working person they've ever worked with. Um, wow. yeah. And so this album comes out near the end of 2007, uh, October, 2007. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is, it's a pretty tumultuous time in Britney's life. And, uh, I think the, uh, the like, paparazzi thing is really starting to get to her um there's this there's this one incident where uh she is um there's this big like moral panic over a photo of her driving a car holding her newborn child uh in her hands while driving rather than like putting it in the car seat and apparently okay it's not great it's not great (laughs) apparently they were like getting chased by paparazzi or something though um yeah which I mean, not that I'm like here to like judge one way or another, like 
<laughs> what is okay when, you know, but like, sure. I feel like that's more of a mitigating circumstance than like the way it was reported as just like, Oh, Britney Spears is a terrible mother. Just like driving around, just tossing her child around in the car or whatever, <laughs> juggling her child while she drives down the street wearing a blindfold. <laughs> this is art. Don't mess with a juggler. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's, and and uh yeah th- this is uh she's become fodder for the tabloids like the whole divorce thing and Brittany has been you know kind of um okay th- this is like the kind of the analogy i was thinking about do you know the whole deal about the the main character of twitter sorry the main the uh i'll send you a link this will be in the 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 show notes also uh for a know your meme so there's there's a famous tweet from this username maple cocaine who says each day on twitter there is one main character the goal is to never be Uh, it um and i think a great example of that recently was bean dad bean dad was the main character of twitter for one day and it uh was a pretty rough ride for him um yeah uh somewhat deserved to some extent i'd say um anyway kind of (laughs) kind of yeah he kind of brought it on himself but also like it still sucks to be the main character of twitter um yeah Britney was the main character of America or at least white yeah. America. She was like, she was the, um, the locus of desire and anxiety and disgust and adulation and worship. Like all at the same time, she was, um, uh, the, the word, uh, maybe, uh, you could use is cathected, uh, which is a, mm. a term from the mostly discredited pursuit of uh, psychoanalysis. Uh, she the cathex cathexis is the imbuing of emotional like energy into an object or a person you you become sort of like fixated on it um and that's that's kind of what happens to britney for like mainstream white america is like she is the center of like pop culture pop music moral panics the she's the little nas x she's the little nas x yeah of her time over 10 years ago yeah exactly maybe did did call did uh, Montero call me by your name? Did that come out since we last talked, or was that before oh. our last episode? It's very recent. It's pretty recent. Yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about it yet. No, on the show. I haven't seen it. I uh, I've heard about it though. And you should watch the it. controversy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I will. Um, one one of the best takes I've heard of it is uh, uh, one of my friends was sort of caught up in kind of the moral panic of it all and just feeling disillusioned. And then and then he watched it and he was like, oh, people are mad about this. <laughs> I was like, that's a great take. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So she's the little Nas X of her time. Um, like there's I mean we saw her kind of grow up and so yeah it put her kind of at the center of the swirling uh, maelstrom of american anxieties about like femininity and sexuality and growing up and this like the weird dichotomy of the the madonna whore uh sort of complex um and that, okay when you <laughs> say madonna i'm assuming you mean like the larger concept yeah, of, yeah. of a madonna this is like a uh, this is like a concept that person. is referred to i believe as the madonna horror uh complex N- not referring to madonna the artist um but sort of the yeah. idea that uh women are allowed to be either a madonna which is to say like a 
like religious level sanctity uh, patterning themselves after the Virgin Mary, or they're allowed to be a whore. And those are like the only two roles that are available to uh, women in Western society or literature or what have you. Um, so there'll be a link to that in the show notes for the Wikipedia page for Madonna whore complex. Um, where was I going with that? Fuck. Oh yeah. We, we see her like sort of transition from one to the other, like, like, or she like kind of is playing around with them, but like American culture and media kind of turns on her. Like, first of all, she's going to be like this, like virginal pop star. There is like a huge deal made about her virginity. And like when she has sex with like Justin Timberlake and stuff, like that was a huge deal at the time. Yep. Like as if we're entitled to know anything about that or care. Um, It's wild to think about now because it's like people aren't, People are not assuming that, I think, anymore about no. pop stars. No. They're like, no, we're assuming all these pop stars fuck or or they fuck normal amounts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then, like, as she gets more sexually expressive, uh, that's around the time that the media starts turning on her and they, like, start casting her instead of, like, the Madonna. She's like, this is... Now she's the whore. The whore. And I, I don't like... I don't like continuing to use that word, but it's like the the term that people use for this like trope. Um, Yeah. So she, yeah. yeah. And it's just like American culture treats her so shitty paparazzi and the media and like the celebrity thing. It's uh, we've, we've just like imbued her with all of our, like all of the fault lines of our culture and anxiety and like our collective psychoses and stuff is like embodied in Britney Spears. God, that must be, yeah. I mean, it's interesting now to watch a new generation, you know, of people dealing with that kind of attention, Mm -hmm. um, who are, I think kind of better equipped. Right. Um, for like i mean like lil nas x who is at least publicly seems to be way ahead of it yeah like he knows what he's doing exactly you could even argue that he like billy eilish he like created it on purpose exactly he he decided to make it he's he's not being used he's using us right yeah (laughs) to do what he wants or them or whoever you know and um i feel like that style of uh that that style of um of uh pop art making um cynicism etc like i feel like that's a an irony right is a lot more common these days than it was back then yeah. which is uh yeah these like sev- you know severely mistreated um uh what would locuses is that what you said <laughs> loci <laughs> loci uh yeah um, and yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I totally agree. I think, uh, younger generations have sort of grown up with some of that attention and like have seen people and like cr- sort of learned how to engage with that kind of thing. I think also a large part of it is, uh, I don't think it can be overstated the difference between how much of a monoculture there was even as late as 2007 versus like now, like yep. Lil Nas X is famous and is causing a big stir but he's not getting like daily coverage on every single, you know, morning, noon, afternoon talk right. show, evening talk show, 
you know, it's it's not blanket wall to wall coverage in the same way that Britney was just like everything was about Britney. Yeah. You know? Right. Um Yeah, he got famous from a TikTok video. Right. And that's like the way you can get the most famous, like yeah. right now, which is this thing that most people don't even use. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which is yeah, the opposite of a monoculture. And I think if you surveyed, you know, like a thousand random Americans, you'd probably find Maybe 500 of them have never even heard of Lil Nas X. Whereas in 2007, if you surveyed 1,000 Americans, I bet basically all of them would have heard of Britney Spears and had some sort of feeling or opinion about her. Right. Um, Yeah, so that's... It's just like... I mean, I keep saying it, but, you know, 2000 to 2010 or whatever is a totally different planet. (laughs) Right. And we're engaging with it through talking about Britney Spears. Um, and you know, we lived through it also too. If you can call that living. (laughs) (laughs) Well, should we talk about songs? Yes. Yes, we should. Uh, I definitely want to talk about give me more. So that's the first song. There's a lot of pitch shifting of I think that's Britney's voice, like pitch shifting to like a much deeper uh register. More. Give me more. I think that's just her. Yeah. Which is I mean that shows up on like uh freak show also quite a bit. Um it's cool. I like it. It's a fun little uh fun little effect. This song's about how she, actually she likes the paparazzi. <laughs> is it though, Cameron? <laughs> Are Isn't you it? sure? Isn't that the idea of the song? The idea is that they see her and they say, uh, give me more. Isn't she saying, give me more? No. she. Oh, it feels say, like the crowd. feels like the saying, crowd are saying, give me more, give me more. Right, right, right. Um, we can get down like there's no one around. We keep on rocking, rocking. Cameras are flashing while we're dirty dancing. Like, it's... She never talks about how... Well... The only response that she explicitly says to uh, how she's dealing with this attention is like, she says in the bridge, she's like, they want more? Well, I'll give them more. Ow! <laughs> um, but mostly the song is just about like how she is trying to dance with this person and mm. they're just like under a microscope, basically. Um Every time they turn the lights down, just want to go that extra mile for you. Your public display of affection feels like no one else is in the room. Um, we can get down like there's no one around. We keep on rocking. We keep on rocking. Cameras are flashing while we're dirty dancing. They keep watching, keep watching. Feels like the crowd are saying, give me more. So it's like this weird intrusion into this scene of just like them uh, just dancing with each other as if there's no one else around. And then all of a sudden there's just like this voyeur element of all these people just cameras flashing around them it's pretty creepy yeah i i thought that she was saying just want to go that extra mile for you and the second person there being the paparazzi oh um because like some like readings of that's like a biblical reference like jesus saying turn the other cheek go the extra mile Mm -hmm. and some people have like um interpreted that as 
being actually a subversive act as opposed to passivity. Like that there were like rules that were like the Roman soldiers could like make civilians um, carry their shit for them. But there were like rules around it. And it's like, no, like go the extra mile and um, you're going to get like these soldiers in trouble or you're going to be like breaking sort of the rules and uh, exerting your own agency yeah. and uh, things like that. But I think I was if actually, nothing else, um, you can maybe- just dump their shit in a ditch, like a mile away from where they wanted you to carry <laughs> it. Just really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go the extra mile to my house and take your things. <laughs> theft. Um, Jesus loves it. Your cool scrolls <laughs> or whatever they had back then. Your grain. Uh, but I guess I was just like looking. I was I was just like reading into that a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it actually means anything now that I'm <laughs> actually looking at the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you had uh, a sound sample you wanted to talk about for this song, or well, a, couple, a couple actually? Sound samples. Yeah. Like n- nothing too much to talk about. Just um, well, here's the "It's Britney Bitch" right. the birth of that kicks off the whole album. Powerful idea. There it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. Uh, and then there's only there's one other moment uh, where um, the producer Danger mm. is just um, saying saying their name over and over again. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe they're actually saying danger and not danger. I'm not sure. It's, it's actually a moment that I kind of like because it's it, it's a overly rhotic pronunciation uh, of the word danger. Yeah, uh, and it feels like sort of nerdy. And yeah, there's like a lot of moments in this album that feel like not cool or not mm-hmm. sexy in a way that I like. Is cool and sexy. <laughs> which which makes me feel cool and sexy yeah exactly <laughs> um it, that's like that sounds like something t-pain would do like to danger like really hit the r um and he does he does show up uh to provide background vocals for one of these songs yeah a little teaser um yeah. so i, I kind of want to do a deep dive on this song and specifically a performance of it um, okay please are you familiar with the 2007 uh, performance of this song uh, at the MTV? I think it's the Music Video Awards. I I think by that point I was like way too alternative to actually watch that. Mm, yeah, um, I, think I, I think I was d- deep in Sufjan, right? <laughs> Sufjan territory, <laughs> exactly. Well, me too, obviously. Um, so this is infamous apparently and like widely panned all these critics are just shitting on her uh jeff leeds of the new york times said that quote no one was prepared for sunday night's fiasco in which a listless ms spears teetered through her dance steps and mouthed only occasional words in a wan attempt to lip sync her new single um <laughs> vinay Minan of the toronto star said that spears quote looked hopelessly dazed she was wearing the expression of somebody who had been deposited at the palms casino resort by a tornado one that promptly twisted away taking her clothing and sense of purpose she was lumbering oh, in slow motion as if somebody had poured cement into her streetwalker boots um yikes yeah so that's the uh, sort of critical environment that she's operating uh within 
and uh, I watched it. I watched that performance because I saw on the Wikipedia page of this album that it's like this infamous performance that everybody hated. And the uh, um, the the takeaway that I have from watching that performance is these dumb fucks did not get it, and these critics are total morons, and they should be fired. Okay. And they need to learn how to like. Uh, they need to learn anything about like subtext and imagery and uh, irony and basically anything. Um, to 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 it's they need like to you're learn a machine for these hot takes. Hot take machine. <laughs> these dumb fucks like are just reacting in the most surface level possible. Um, and the reason I say that is is because this song. And the performance of it, it's all about the insatiable appetite for the consumption of Britney and how she herself is like this product and uh, this robot that they've created to like go through the motions for them. And that's what this mm. that's what this uh, performance is embodying. Um, the choreography explicitly casts her as sort of this uh, automaton like marionette kind of figure there is a um gotcha there is a, a moment in the song i don't know if it's in the album version where it kind of like does this like kind of thing and she like you know mimes like she's powering down like a robot like that is cool. a moment that happens in the Always performance a great move yeah <laughs> i mean she doesn't do it in like an over-the-top like weird cheesy way it's like it's a pretty brief moment but i think it's it's uh very indicative of what she's getting at in this performance um and it's pretty clearly precise like clockwork it's not meant to be this like high energy kind of like spectacle thing it's kind right. of like a deconstruction of a performance at the mtv music video awards and what that means and right how she is just up there like sort of going through the motions to embody what people want to consume from her um it's it's like this fairly self-conscious artistic statement uh, which I think is kind of akin to, you know, some of the stuff that Bjork might have done at the Music Video Awards or Lady Gaga a little bit later. Um, it also, like, kind of plays into uh, presentation and performance through the use of canned music um, because the song has multi-tracked Britney. There's more than one, like, track right. of Britney singing and the recorded version. And so when you perform that live, you can't have two Britneys singing two things at the same time. And so at least part of the music is going to be canned. And I think that's right. Uh, that was referred to by the guy from New York times as like mouth only occasional words and a one attempt to lip sync her new single. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's pretty like, it's definitely like they are aware of what's happening and uh, it's not like she's fucking up her lip sync. It's no. like, yeah, there's multiple tracks of yeah. Britney singing and she exactly. isn't supposed to do it. This is like, it's like when I d did karaoke for w one time for Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that the thing that I would be singing, obviously, would be Freddie Mercury's part, mm -hmm. which is all riffs. Oh. It's like I only know kind of like the rest of the band's part, which is Don't Stop Me Now. And he's singing a different thing every time. And I was just totally unprepared. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I made a fucking fool out of myself also that song is infinity high for any it. testosterone <laughs> testosterone based puberty person to sing <laughs> and i don't know how he did it yeah <laughs> exactly so. um yeah and i think it's i think she's sort of like playing with 
like the idea of lip syncing and authenticity because it's it's clearly like not a quote-unquote authentic performance like that's the whole point of it is like she is just going through the motions that people want from her interesting and it's like well I i think we've talked about in this show before how just how strong the idea was earlier in our lives i think around this time too of just like selling out or authenticity and things like lip syncing a performance are selling out and not authentic and we're like universally frowned upon and i think now nobody really gives a shit um right i remember there was a recent um super bowl where uh the red hot chili peppers performed mm mm-hmm and they like you know went back and forth about whether or not they were going to um you know perform like lip sync to it or not and uh-huh. they decided just to not actually perform a bes- i mean they made a bespoke recording right like a, a new performance of their of of their song but they did it in advance and then they lip sync synced and and played lip sync to it lip sunk they <laughs> sunk those lips into that performance oh they definitely mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> um but one of the interesting choices that they made is that they just very clearly left all of their electrified instruments unplugged oh uh-huh there there were no cables in their guitars mm-hmm. um i think maybe even for the microphones you know there wasn't they weren't like plugged in mm-hmm. or like, you know, so like they, they were making a clear kind of statement that like, right. we're just here to have fun. We, you know, we're not going to, which is interesting. Cause I don't think most people, it would occur to most people. Right. There's that, there's that, uh, infamous, uh, Ashley Simpson yeah. performance, uh, at the, uh, at SNL mm-hmm. where there was some sort of issue with the track and she was caught lip syncing. Right. And uh, she did like a like a little like <laughs> what's that like move? It's it's all it's like a faux square dance move, uh, you know, like a like a hick yeah a hick little jig yeah kind of thing. She <laughs> did jig. that, which is hilarious. Yeah, and it's like today that would have been absolutely celebrated, but she was like basically her career was ruined because yes, of it. it was <laughs> yeah, and that was what like two thousand three. So that's like not that long before this, right? Um. Yeah, so that... Oh, also as a side note, a very small side note for this uh, 2007 performance, she is uh, showing her belly on live TV, and it is not ultra flat, which is kind of a courageous thing to do. Um, She has just come off of two pregnancies and taking a couple years off of, I think, most live performances, and she is just, like, putting it out there, which is kind of a courageous act you know Interesting. Um, she's not just like ultra super duper skinny with no ounce of fat on her like uh is required of most pop stars especially in this time um right like and and i would say still like there's, yeah. there's not a whole lot of room for like in between yes there's that line you either have it either has to be a statement like a lizzo-esque yes. statement or you have to be uh, teeny tiny. Uh, Rachel and I have been rewatching, well, 30 Rock, which she has never seen and I've seen a couple seasons of. Uh, and we yeah. haven't gotten to this episode yet, but there is a there is a very telling line that Jack Donaghy tells to, I think, uh, what's her face? I forget, the, the, the actress played by Jane Krakowski. Um, she has gained like a little bit of weight and he like corners her and he's like, all right, 
you got to lose 20 pounds or gain 60. Anything in between has no place on television, <laughs> which is still true. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Um, anyway, so that is like a hell of a deep dive on this like 2007 performance. And I'll have, we'll have a link to that, to that performance in the show notes. Uh, yeah. But this is also, and this is what I mean about like Brittany is the main character of America. This is what spawns, the leave Britney alone video. Like huh. one of I the, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, you, you're not interesting. Okay. No. What the- um, so this is like one of the first v- like very viral videos that was originally produced on, um, a, uh, on YouTube, I think. So like YouTube oh. had not been around for very long. Um, and, or so I should say this is like one of the first, uh, quote unquote, like vlogging videos that goes viral. Um, so this is, this was like endlessly parodied and referenced and stuff. I think Seth Meyers did like a famous parody of it. Um, essentially it's like the, the image is like a hysterical, um, I'm going to, I'm going to use, use these words, not in the sense that this is how I think of it or characterize it. But at the time, everyone was like, oh, there's this like effeminate, just like dude who is just like breaking down sobbing and hysterical and like leave Britney alone. And isn't that hilarious? You know, um, the thing is, uh, this, this person, uh, who, whose stage name is Chris Crocker. Uh, they're absolutely right in what they say about, uh, Britney and the entertainment industrial con, uh, complex. Uh, there's definitely some like troubling stuff where they talk about how, if Britney dies, they're going to commit suicide. Um, so that's not, not great. Um, very 2007. Yeah. Um, but, uh, one thing that they do, and I'm using the the pronoun they, because they are a non-gender conforming person, uh, is that they reference Anna Nicole Smith, who had Hmm. died, I think earlier in 2007, and she was essentially driven to death by media right. coverage. And she didn't even have right. the same like level of media coverage that Britney did. Um, and so he's like, he's essentially saying like, after this performance, everyone's just shitting on Britney and you people are monsters and you're going to yeah. drive her to death the same way you did Anna Nicole Smith. Um, and so I have a sound sample of that video here a custody battle all you people care about is readers and making money off of her she's a human what you don't realize is that britney's making you all this money and all you do is write a bunch of crap about her she hasn't performed on stage in years her song is called give me more for a reason because all you people want is more 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 leave her alone you're lucky she even performed for you bastard. Leave Britney alone. Please. Oh god. You bastards. Exactly. Yeah. Um it's a very Charlton Heston. <laughs> it is. You maniacs. You blew her up. <laughs> it really is. And uh and I think it's pretty telling that that um that role and that character and that performance is lauded and uh like widely referenced and stuff and this person is was like endlessly mocked 
Um, right. And there, there's an article that came out in the New York Post actually this year after um, the Britney documentary came out where uh, Chris Crocker uh, reflects back on this video and how much hate he got as a non-gender conforming individual, especially in the Deep South. Um, yeah. He got his grandma got death threats delivered to her house. Um, and there was just like a lot of backlash and people just like didn't take them seriously and like made fun of them endlessly. They hated seeing a, you know, quote unquote male person presenting this level of emotion and this level of effeminacy. Um, right. And so Crocker has, says, uh, me saying leave Britney alone was never really the issue. Michael Moore said it and no one batted an eyelash. Um, yep. And, uh, let's see. Uh, it was the, the tone. Yeah. And, uh, they specifically say no one took me serious was because I was a gender bending teenager and the reaction to me was transphobic. Um, yeah. And they further say that, uh, (laughs) there were a lot of people who were not very good allies to them. LGBT people were embarrassed of me because of the way media made fun of me, which made them feel that I gave them a bad name. Um, so this is like, yeah, I, I know. I know this is like kind of a tangent, but this is like, this is what I mean when I say like Britney Spears is the main character of America at this time. Is like, yeah. she's all wrapped up in like the emergence of the internet and vlogging and like people producing video and how that like touches on transphobia and like gender normativity in America and then like media attention and celebrity and how destructive that can be. Uh, it's just like this. It's interesting that, like today, I think one of the main ways that that communication and culture has changed is that there's been a critical mass of people accepting that words have huge a huge impact and that yeah. words are violence. Yeah, um, and that looks a couple different ways. Some people being um, or be not being extra sensitive but acknowledging how like the real sensitivity of like words that are used Mm -hmm. and like you know this being uh sort of uh, dismissed as woke culture right Um, and then people who are all in on just like yeah words are violence this is a legitimately legitimate way for me to be violent and i want to be violent. (laughs) exactly it's like when like people are doing death threats today they know that like that could result in this person dying one way or or another yeah Um, or like just swat them know that now yeah (laughs) um and the the sort of the calls for s- civility are becoming um, kind of feebler and feebler. Right. And like, you know, for like uh, having, for for taking words less seriously. Right. Civility in the sense of like uh, letting people essentially get away with uh, hate speech. Yes. Of like, yeah. now, now, you know, one of us may be spouting hate speech, but the important thing is we're all Americans and we all have freedom of yeah. speech and we should never <laughs> criticize each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Love those takes. Yeah. All right. Well, that was like, I don't know. I, I Well, we've done one song. We've, we've done- got 11 more. <laughs> I definitely went down the rabbit hole on that one, but... Uh, I felt like it was just like indicative of, of the story of Britney Spears. Like, I feel like something clicked in me and I just like, Oh, like I've unlocked 
like the story of Britney Spears. And I think the challenge is going to be uh, talking about her artistic development and um, like statements because I think there's a tendency for like her celebrity to sort of uh, subsume or like overshadow the actual music she's right. making. Right. Yeah. It's like literally what's happening in this episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, no. and I, I'm, you know, I'm participating in the, in the cathex cathex too. Like I'm, I'm also like, uh, in a way like erasing her personhood and only talking about like this weird image of her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not like her music itself is specifically like a big part of her personhood. I, at least maybe not this album. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is just another sort of extension of it, but I do want to talk about at least some of it. Okay. Um, what next? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, it'd be interesting to do some think outside the box set tie in kind of stuff. You know, there's a piece of me, which has um, in the look what you made me do. That's the piece of me. The second track mm-hmm. is sampled in the Taylor Swift uh, follow up. Um, oh, I forgot oh, about by, that. Connection. By the way, by the way, Taylor Swift, she just released Fearless, her the Taylor's version. We were talking about this about her re-recording her first six albums because mm-hmm. they got sold. Right. Um, we talked about this in depth in the Taylor's season. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think at some point we should have some sort of follow-up episode. I don't think we can just do each one of those albums again. Cause no. that would be a lot. And we yeah. essentially have to listen to two albums and then do a bunch of comparing back and forth. Right. But I think we should do it maybe like uh, one or two follow-up episodes with like talking about the public response once it's, you know, and, and the ways that she's re approached uh, her old music. So, yeah, I agree. Anyway, um, so we could talk about Peace of Me. Um, I think uh, Heaven on Earth is like kind of a nice love song. I think we should talk about Get Naked. Yeah. And then parenthetically, I Got a Plan. (laughs) Such a weird thing. Which I think is a hilarious title. Um, Yeah. And then maybe Why Should I Be Sad? The the K-Fed song. Maybe Freak Show. Okay. I mean, maybe just well, like I the got like level. less okay. than 15 minutes. Let's see. Oh, what shit. We can get okay. Through. All right. Well, here's a piece of me. Yeah. That's uh Robin in one of the response voices. Oh really? Wait, Robin who? Yeah. Batman? The the sweet <laughs> the Swedish uh pop star. Oh yes, with the Y. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Robin fucking rules. Have you listened to much Robin? No, I haven't. You should listen to Robin. Okay. I, the the reason that I like her music a lot is because um it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's pretty novel. I don't have any hot takes on it other than just like it's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a that's a pretty yeah. compelling argument. Um yeah, this is an explicitly autobiographical song. Um yeah. 
You heard it in uh, in the chorus. I miss his lifestyles of the rich and famous. I miss his, oh my God, that Britney is shameless. So she's specifically talking about herself and her image. And it's it's like pretty much almost like a sequel to the previous song, Give Me More. It's like, you want a yeah. piece of me. Like, you want me to give you more. Um, it like specifically yeah, references. Yeah, I miss she's too big, now she's too thin. Yes. <laughs> to call back to what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm exactly um oh and the, the the photo that they chose for uh to contrast her bigness with her thinness is the one from the 2007 uh mtv music video awards that i was talking about for like an hour just now um yeah so she talks about paparazzi hoping that she'll resort to some havoc and up settling in court uh i miss is most likely to get on the tv for stripping on the streets when getting the groceries um yeah so i mean it's it's a little tongue-in-cheek i think maybe a little bit there yeah um she also uses the word derriere which is uh yeah i have a a sample of that if you want to play it (laughs) this is another one of those like i i really like when swedish people are making music pop music in english because of these like little just language things that don't feel quite right Mm -hmm. it's just like derriere that's like a really antiquated way of um (laughs) euphemistically talking about a boot yeah that's like a grandma word uh, it's a grandma word yeah and then especially to like have that really like weird phrasing Mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah like musical rhythmic phrasing yeah derriere Mm. I always thought that word was weird. I don't know what the etymology of it is. It always makes me think of farts. <laughs> like it's uh, like it's onomatopoeia for the sound of a fart. Yeah, or like I don't know. Like you, you have you walked around Tillamook, Oregon before? It's uh, like a, a little bit. Dairy town. Oh yeah, it's, that's dairy air. <laughs> it <laughs> just smells. It like, is dairy air, and it smells like it is. It smells like cow. It's not great. Cow asses. <laughs> Um, oh, apparently it comes from the same uh, root words as day, meaning from in Latin, and then retro, as in retro, behind or back. That's hilarious. D-retro, from the back. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real uh, roundabout, roundabout <laughs> way of, <Yeah. laughs> of putting that. Real reach around. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. What should we move on to the next one? Uh, uh yeah heaven we on earth talk about we could talk about heaven on earth okay It's just this nice little moment in this album of like a very earnest and sentimental love song. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the album is sort of uh, just kind of cynical and um, I think and dark. A review I read called it nihilistic. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, Yeah. It's this is apparently it is inspired by Donna Summer's 1977 song. I feel love. Um, Oh, interesting. 
and you can kind of hear it's like a little bit throwbacky in the quasi disco sort of vibe that the song oh. has um yeah this is i mean yeah you're right it's just like a very earnest very sweet love song i've waited all my life for you my favorite kiss your perfect skin your perfect smile waking up in your next to me wrap me up in your arms and back to sleep that's that's adorable it's sweet yeah. it's nothing profound yeah it just kind of stands out in this album yeah um but yeah it's just like very it has the sentimental uh minor four chord in a major song um which has that like very particular effect so like um i think we've talked about this on the show before oh i don't know Hmm. my strap is all mixed up in my gotta be careful with your strap-ons cameron i know i know um so okay my banjo is not a tune i'm not gonna give (laughs) actually an example of this Uh, no spend 10 minutes tuning and then uh (laughs) that's a good use of our time it's it's the wake me up when september ends yeah progression Mm -hmm. wake me up when september that like that resolution Mm -hmm. it's very sentimental and this song uses a lot of that so it's Mm -hmm. just sort of very bittersweet yeah i wonder if this was also written by swedes because it uh has a very interesting phrase in the bridge fall off the edge of my mind i fall off the edge of my mind for you which is a really yeah, interesting sure way to phrase means. that. And I, I can't, I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, the, the mind is kind of a flat earth really when it comes to it. And, uh, you just sail to the edge and you fall right off. Also birds aren't real. <laughs> should we talk about, um, get naked? I got a plan. Oh yes, we should. <laughs> uh i like that the way that the genius annotation characterizes the song it is an up-tempo dance song about sex it is constructed as a duet between spears and danger who sings the chorus with his voice distorted to sound like a decaying moan spears contributes a series of gasps sighs and chants as her voice is also distorted but it's not actually danger right it's corte ellis yeah that's what the that's what the um so the genius says so there's definitely some disagreement i like the lyric what i gotta do to get you to want my body quarter past three i'm ready to leave the party i like the like the storytelling there of she's just at this party she's she's like ready to go mm-hmm. but she just like hasn't like sealed the deal yet uh-huh <laughs> she's like come on i've i've expended all my sexy tricks <laughs> <laughs> uh sometimes i'm tired <laughs> I almost don't want to have sex anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's that that does happen sometimes. Sometimes uh, dudes can be uh, pretty pretty oblivious or just way up their own asses. I mean, not that I have like any personal experience with that or anything. Or just like it's, you know, it's just hypothetically, right? Um, there's this uh, great moment where. Uh, Corte Ellis slash Danger, um, whoever it is, is doing <laughs> Britney Spears is singing Get Naked, Get Naked. And there's this like little response. And I want you to pay attention to the delivery of the fifth 
one, the fifth mm. response, because I think it's uh, pretty hilarious. Uh-huh. Okay, here it comes. <laughs> he's he's questioning. He's like, huh? For some reason, the get naked. That's the moment where she did whatever she had to do to get him to want her body. Mm-hmm. Eh? <laughs> he now finally he catches attention. on. <laughs> all it takes is repeating the the words "get naked" five times in a row. And then all of a sudden he's like, hey, wait a minute. This girl might be into me. Um, there's also this moment uh, in the song where he's singing and he sounds like a robot. And it sounds like a robot that just learned how to rap. <laughs> Beep boop. It. I am rapping bot. He stutter- the, the robot stutters on the word that like five times. <laughs> Robot's gonna robot. I understand that you don't got no man and I just want my name's rapping robot and i'm here to say <laughs> i that that, my, that if my that. computations are correct <laughs> unless i am unless i have a programming error you do not have a man <laughs> pretty much yeah There's also one more thing I want to say about this song, which is there's a genius comment (laughs) that just just says, just encryptal produce. (laughs) 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 And uh, I'm going to go ahead and give that a thumbs up with the official outside the box set genius account. (laughs) Because that's a great. Comment. That is very good. The results have been incredible. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, do you want to check in on the the freak show? I think maybe we should just listen to the sound sample. We don't necessarily have to talk about it. It is a pop song featuring a dubstep influence in 2007, which is great. Way let's, ahead let's, of the time. Let Let's do that and then play my sound sample for Ooh Ooh Baby because it sounds like Crazy Frog. And then we should go. <laughs> okay. So here's a freak show. Oh, there's the walrus. Yep. And she's like pitch shifting her voice down, which I think sounds a lot like Lady Gaga too. Yeah, and th- mm. this is just like so far ahead of its time. Like, what? What? At what point were you aware of dubstep? Like, I think it was around 2010, maybe for me. There's like that, it's probably later for me. Yeah, yeah it was like it wasn't that this Key and Peele sketch about dubstep, and I was like, oh, that's what dubstep is. <laughs> <laughs> it makes your ears bleed. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, So you wanted to listen to Ooh Ooh Baby. Yeah. Here we go. (laughs) 
That's it. <laughs> uh, and what is Crazy Frog that you're referencing? Babe. Ba- what? <laughs> the Crazy Frog. Who does that song? The Crazy Frog who does that song. Yeah. It was like one of the first YouTube videos. Really? It's uh, it's like Crazy Train. And it's this CGI frog. It's like, I think it's riding some sort of vehicle maybe a hovercraft or something up and down skyscrapers and it's and it's singing crazy train oh huh is it uh one more thing for the learning links oh it's axel f what's axel f are you playing it right now yeah or am i playing it? i'm playing it i can't hear it though can you hear it uh, i can you can <laughs> yeah uh this is all great content i don't know well, if it's I getting it's recorded though that's the thing is I don't actually know if it's recorded. Okay, we'll just put in the learning links. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, I'm re- I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to be done. Okay. I guess. Do the thing. I guess we can do that. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with the 2008 album Circus. It comes out just like one year after this one, Blackout, and people say it's not as interesting as this one. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm hoping that there will be juggalos in it. <laughs> Big top show. Yeah. Whoop whoop. Um, yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, until next week, you can visit us online at box website, email us at email at box website, tweet us at Tobias podcast. Um, go on that whole iTunes or Apple podcast thing, write us those reviews, jam those stars, all that good stuff. And if you want to support us very directly, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Kick us a few bucks and you'll get access to all of our bonus materials, including our weekly miniseries, What's in the Box Weekly. And I, this week, talked about the Amazon Prime show, Them, which came out recently and is has a lot of interesting things going on that I talk about. And Cameron. And I talked about Godzilla v. Kong. Mm-hmm. Dawn of Justice. <laughs> I mean, it basically has the same plot as Dawn of Justice, seems like. And how everyone's trying to repeal it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You should also uh, listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool, and is and is about traditional musics. He had a harmonica player on recently. Oh, yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, Seth Seth Shoemate playing some old-time harmonica fiddle music on the harmonica talking about the uh the the challenges and and joy of applying that instrument to that tradition Mm -hmm. yeah it's a pretty good one the 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 joy and the agony um yeah well thanks for listening everyone until next week i've been nathan hunt and theft jesus loves it i've been cameron dewitt and tillamook oregon is full of dairy (laughs) air Alright. <laughs> <If> you gotta. <laughs> Wasn't a joke. It was a it was a somber episode. <laughs> Folks, that's closest we got. <laughs> no jokes this week. This business is too sad. Whew. I really went off on that whole uh no, main good. character thing about Britney. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry that took up like all the no, I... space of the episode and we didn't actually talk about any songs. <laughs>